Welcome in everybody back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. It is episode 67, coming up on 70. Just crazy to think about that we've done this 67 times, not in a row, but um, well, I guess in a row, just not consecutive weeks, but um, 67 times we have gotten together on this podcast. And Tom, I am joined by you as well. How are you doing? I'm great, Jim. Good to be with you today and uh, good to connect here with episode 67, as you said, wow, yeah, another milestone of 70 episodes right around the corner. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see when that actually happens because it's uh, we're hitting the holiday season. So, you know, let's schedules get a little bit funky, I think. Yeah, yeah, they definitely do. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when we hit 70. And I don't know, for 100, maybe we'll have to try to do something fun. And, and not that our weekly show isn't, but maybe do something a little different for 100 when that comes. Do something fun. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to change it up. We're going to actually we'll do prep for episode 100. We're going to actually have a lot of research that goes into that right. one. We'll hire a research firm for episode 100. <laughs> actually know what in the world it is we're talking about. Here's the big question, Jim. Is your Thanksgiving menu prepared? Is, like, is it set? Like, do you, do you know what's happening uh, less than I, two weeks from now? I think so. Although yesterday somebody made a comment that, well, maybe maybe you guys should come over to our place for Thanksgiving. And it was like, well, that wasn't our plan. We're just going to. We just we it's just the two of us. Um, we just do Thanksgiving ourselves uh, because our families live about seven, six to seven hundred miles away. Uh, we go home for Christmas to see them. So rather than doing two trips in a month, which is just more time and money than than we care or have to spend most of the time, um, we we do it at Christmas and try to spend a little more time there at Christmas. So usually it's just the two of us. Uh, my Bears play your Lions on Thanksgiving, so uh, my my intent is for the first part of the day to be planning on in my recliner and hopefully watching Justin Fields have his uh, career day against your Lions. So we'll see. But um, yeah, yeah, we've actually started ex- buying. So we bought our turkey. Uh, we bought and we're starting to buy some of the non-perishable parts, A, to kind of spread the cost of the meal out, uh, not all be in one week. But uh, B, because they keep talking about the things are going to run out of stock because of the crazy times we live in and and I don't know, supply or whatever the issue is, or it's all floating on the boats out in California or what. Um, so we just thought, man, eh, we're getting our turkey now. So at least we got one. How about you? Your, your meal and uh, plan ready to go? Well, I thought it was. Uh, oh. we, we were, uh, but it depends on the plans. Our plans aren't solidified yet. So um, we're not doing a, like a broad family thing. So no, no in-laws and outlaws. That's not even the right term, but I always say that. No in-laws <laughs> and outlaws this year. Um, which makes you go wonder, well, who are my in-laws and who are my outlaws? Or are they in the well, I know who your in-laws would be, so that means your family's the outlaws, Tom. Oh, there, there we go. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you, you were picking up what I was laying down. Um, see, I don't want to drop too many breadcrumbs. You know, you, you stay with me. Every once in a while, Blind Squirrel finds a nut. Thank you, thank you. Um, it was going to be like ham, mac and cheese, potatoes, you know, some delicious bread, some pies, um, some, you know, adult yeah, beverages. He's word ham. Did you mispronounce turkey? No, a ham. No. See, so we're not a turkey family. Now, here's the thing. I was, as I, I was at, I was at my daughter's cross country banquet last night because um, they celebrated a very successful cross country season um, at the middle school and high school level. Funny thing. So they are the Pumas at the high school level, but the middle school team is called the Cubs. So it's kind of cool. There so you go. The Cubs and the Pumas, and then you you graduate from being a Cub to a Puma when you go from middle school to high school if you choose to continue to run. The other sports teams don't call themselves the Cubs, though, which is really interesting. It's just a cross-country centric uh, like vibe. Um, anyway, so I was talking with um, with another parent, and we were waiting for the ceremonies to begin. 
And I talked about how I've already made it. I've already successfully prepared and made a turkey on Thanksgiving in years past. So I feel like I don't ever have to go there again. Like I've already like I've climbed that mountain. And like so like the certificate is on my wall. Certified turkey maker. Like I don't need to like prove that year after year. But, but, and too, like my kids, like, you know, they're not always in love with turkey. Like lunch meat, for example, my kids make school lunches. If we ever come home with turkey, it's like the world's going to end to the next day. Like, how dare you? I will never eat a turkey sandwich. So, so that's, yeah. So all, all of that just to said that we thought it was ham, but it's a good pivot because the people that we may get together with, which is kind of, we would like to make a decision sooner than later, but there's some factors in play here. Um, they they will do turkey. So if we end up doing um, kind of a, a friends type thing, not a friendsgiving, I don't want to label it as such. Um, it's it turkey will be the, the meat of choice. Well, I we're we're a turkey family, but you, and you are right that you have to be careful making the turkey because you you know if you don't kind of do it right, you can end up with a really dry turkey breast, and there's nothing worse than just. Uh, I love my grandmother dearly. I miss her dearly. She's been gone five years, I think now. Um, but she, the bird was already dead. She would kill it one more time in that oven. Um, and just, I, I think she was so worried about, you know, getting anybody sick that she would just cook the something out of that turkey. And I mean, the turkey breast, you had to put a lot of gravy on that to get it yeah, down. She came around and more gravy. You're like, absolutely. Absolutely. That gravy's <laughs> so good. It, so, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, so I, I try real hard not to do that um, and to be careful and, and get that bird out of the oven in time. So we'll see. We always buy way too much, but I love leftovers for, for Thanksgiving. I'm iffy on leftovers like the rest of the year. Like some leftovers I like. Chili is really good leftover. Other things, maybe not. Um. But Thanksgiving leftovers are just, I, they're almost better than the meal, I think. So so now that Gordon Ramsay has jumped in, and uh, this has become the Juice Pop Monkeys live cooking podcast, uh, six and a half minutes in, we'll say, hey, there's pro wrestling this weekend to talk about. Um, man, what a busy pro wrestling weekend, too, Tom. It's another one of those, like, crazy busy weekends. We're not going to talk about everything by any means, but New Japan's got a show here in America uh, that Okada is coming over for. Um, and here's before we get going on AEW, which is our our main focus today with Full Gear. So Okada's in America, or or will be here shortly if he isn't already here. I don't know when he when he lands. He'll be here for Saturday. Obviously, he's going to be in San Jose on Saturday, so he's not going to be in Minneapolis on Saturday. If he's staying for even a week, he's got to show up on AEW at some point, right? Especially because of Wednesday. So like they made it, they made a big deal that the best friends are now part of Chaos. Right. So. Which I had no idea, by the way. I had totally, and I don't, I haven't kept as up, as up on New Japan as, as we've talked about before. So when they said that, I wondered when I saw the match announced why in the world best friends were going to be with Romero. And so I'm glad they, they explained that. Kudos to AEW not for not just thinking we would know that. Um, so kudos for explaining that. Sometimes uh, WWE could learn from them. But anyways, that's a podcast for another week. Um, and there was a lot of discussion from at least my perspective, and it was driven by Jim Ross talking about Okada, you know, in that space and a lot of verbal bouquets given again, rightfully so Okada is one of the best in the world without question. 
and, and again, maybe it means nothing. Maybe it means something. But in AEW, they're not afraid to talk about, hey, PWG, Ring of Honor, New Japan. You know, I don't think they're going to go, hey, when this guy was in WWE, because there aren't a lot of guys that have just gone right from WWE to AEW, and they're, they're, they're not the same. So, Right. That, that That's the one where they tend to still use the, has won titles all over the world or everywhere he's been. Or, you know, they don't quite name their their actual competition, um, which is funny in some ways when they're so willing, like you said, to mention Ring of Honor, to mention New Japan, PWG, Chikara even has gotten a mention or two, um, who's not obviously even a functioning organization anymore. And, and that word probably will come up a little bit later on. I know it will on my in, in my conversation around one of the matches. Um, I Yeah, man, I don't know. If Okada stayed for like a month and, and you could fantasy book four matches for him, like he was on Dynamite every week, or maybe they put him on Rampage one week just to pop a rating or something. I mean, of course, everybody's going to say Okada Omega. Like, you want to see that one more time. I want to see that, but I'd want to see it with some build. I don't want it to just be like, and next week on Dynamite, Okada and Omega. I mean, Okada Danielson, hello. Like, I, I have no idea if that's happened. Our research team sucks. So, um, but um, if it has, it's been a really long time. Um, I feel like it could have in Ring of Honor or somewhere. Um, Okada Danielson, Okada Punk, Okada Hangman would be really, like, one of those things that you just don't think about. But yet, huh, that would be fun to watch. I, I'll be honest, I'm not going to have a chance to see it unless I catch it well after the fact. But I'm... I, I'm very intrigued by Okada Buddy Matthews on that NJPW show this weekend. Um, I've been a Buddy Murphy Matthews fan uh, for a while and and have been a little surprised that he hasn't popped up anywhere else. But um, I have read a few times that some of those folks uh, who are uh, citizens of other countries, uh, you know, Buddy Murphy is from, I believe, Australia. Um, Jonah Rock, uh, the former Bronson Reed has run into this as well. I think the Iconics or the Inspiration ran into this for a little bit. Obviously, theirs is, is straightened out. But just getting their visas worked out um, since they were no longer employed by an American company uh, was a bit of a challenge. So maybe that's why Matthews hasn't landed anywhere a little bit more regularly, too. But, uh, yeah, that match intrigues me greatly. Oh, man. I mean, give me a month to just fantasy book Okada into crazy matches in AEW. There's... There's way more than a month worth of matches I want to see. And they'd probably do something weird like Okada, Orange Cassidy, or something like, and that would be almost Toru Yano ish, but I like Orange Cassidy about 10,000 times better than Toru Yano. So I don't know. I, I was, I just wanted your, your feedback or your thought on, I mean, I did, gosh, a, quick, I did, a, week. I did a quick search, and I don't think Okada and Danielson have ever been in the ring. Now, granted, it was a quick search, so, like, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing things or maybe not doing a, a deep as a deep as dive as I could do. But that being said, um, yeah, dude, here's the thing. Like, what type of story would you potentially even tell in a month, right? Because this could be the one and, one and only time. And do you work to tell a story in the course of four weeks, right? So what's the, what's the, what's the match? And then how do you build to get? to that match if if that's the way you did it or do you just go no balls to the wall every week we're just doing dream match after dream match. right so yeah my quick quick look too i do not see the uh do not see anything that means that even has them teaming or anything um 
kind of crazy to think about. Um, it, Danielson is my go-to for dream matches um, at this point. And well, I think and it's just because I've been a fan of his so long, um, you know, and I'm not, you know, head nod to, to David Crane, our friend who uh, is the biggest Daniel Bryan fan, or there is, again, Brian Danielson fan we've ever met, I think. But, um, you know, I've been a big fan of his for a long time. There's a lot of matches I'd like to see, and some of some of them we we're seeing already, you know, Omega and, and things like that. But, uh, man, Okada Danielson. And I know we'll talk about Danielson when we talk about this show, uh, when we get into the preview. Uh, man, I, I'm going to I'm gonna just say it. We'll, we'll talk about it because we're going to get into it. I have, I, have, I have some things to, things to uh, pontificate and elaborate on. Pontificate and elaborate. That's that should almost be the title of this episode now. Pontificate <laughs> and elaborate. It, it was monkey years, but um, the, the, the pontifications are in full gear. The elaborations are in full gear. Oh, look out! Tom's going to be titling these episodes now. I'm running out of fun things to title them. So, <laughs> well, Tom, it, it is our our main purpose today is to go over head to head and make our picks for AEW full gear. Uh, you and I are currently tied in our yearly head to head. Um, 51 in 13 a piece. You said yearly, but it's really half year, right? Half year, that's true. Although, the fun part is, we have this show, and then we thought only two left uh, to pick. We we also could have picked, um, although we usually just do the pay-per-views, so we didn't. Uh, we could have picked Honor for All this weekend, um, but we did find out this week we do have another show to add in, so we have three after this. NXT 2.0 War Games I have not seen all of NXT, and I don't think they even hinted yet at what the War Games matches will be. Although, on their Twitter, they asked, who would you like to see, which also makes me think they haven't figured it out yet, um, who would you like to see in the men's and women's War Games matches? So it sounds like there will again be two War Games matches. Okay. Well, we talked and we kind of threw it out there last week uh, about this potential. Again, it materialized, so I was I was wrong, and that's fine. i I'm not the first nor the last. Uh, I, the women's rights itself. The men's, uh, you're going to have to do something to convince me. Like, and, and like before we recorded, I told you, I said, you know, I'm no longer a WWE fan. And that's a lot. That's very tongue-in-cheek. But I literally have watched zero. The, the, the WWE I've watched this week is actually WWF. I watched Survivor Series 1988. So I watched that, the uh, first match of 87. Or the first two matches of 87. <clears throat> this week, so last week, yeah. So the I, the women's match, I think we talked about it. I think last week, but you got to think it's Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai against Raquel, uh, Io, probably Casey and Caden. Probably since that seems to be unless Zoe's back, and then maybe you do Zoe and just either Casey or Caden gets you know injured and taken out. They often do that with War Games matches, and then Zoe comes back. I don't know what her injury status is. I know she's dealing with something, but. And I feel like you have to have it be five on five. I mean, you can easily do four on four, but five on five just gives you a little bit more, a little bit more. Right. And, but I don't know if they've done a five on five. I think it's been the, the first one they did was three on three on three. Um, so there's nine people in. So you certainly can do 10. You're only adding one more body into the ring. Um, but I feel like they've done kind of four on four. I'd have to look them up again. Crackpot research team. Um, I, that seems to be the women's side. Oh, Annette says it's a torn ACL for Zoe. So, yeah, she's not coming back in, in December. That's not happening. Um, 
that's going to be a little while for her. So yeah, you would think Casey and Caden, unless they pivot to somebody else, but I don't really know in the way that they've built things in NXT, unless Kaylee Ray got involved, but you would think she'd be on the, the heel side. So, um, and toxic attraction and, and Dakota are clearly your top four. Um, I would put Kaylee probably as five in your women's division on the heel side, but yeah, I think it's Sox Attraction and Dakota and, and Dakota and Raquel have to be involved in war games, I think, because they need to be inside a cage and beating the tar out of each other. Um, they've That's a decent story they've been telling. And Toxic Attraction, I think they've done a good job of building them. So anyways, this isn't an NXT podcast to this week. It will be in a few weeks, though, um, when we make picks for, for war games. So interesting, too. No mention of the word takeover. It seems like they've dropped that branding. Uh, from those shows, which I think is actually good because I think TakeOver, there is an expectation of a level. And I don't know that they're going to be able to hit that level. Although if they do, kudos, but at least they're not setting it as, well, this has got to be a TakeOver. This is War Games, almost like Halloween Havoc, although at least it's on a Sunday, not a just a Tuesday night. Um, I don't know. Be interesting to see. More to come um, on that. I, yeah, on the men's side, I just, I'd have to start drawing up things. I'm not sure. That might almost be like the way they build their Survivor Series, Raw versus SmackDown teams, where it's just going to be like four random guys against four random guys. Um, or four guys that, you know, have issues, but they're not intertwined. Because they really don't have, I mean, unless you use Diamond Mine. But if War Games is Diamond Mine against Ikemen and Kushida and some other people, no, don't do that. <laughs> Just no. That, that would be that would be selling things way short. <laughs> right, way right. Way short. Don't do that. Um, it needs to be higher level. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could fantasy book it, but let's get into AEW because we got 10 matches pick and we don't want this to be a 17-hour show today. Um, AEW, again, with a pay-per-view, comes with it with uh, 10 matches, including the buy-in. So nine on the main card, uh, one on the buy-in. Tom, are you uh, planning, before we get into this, are you planning on watching on Saturday night? Or, and I realize plans, you know, card subject to change as far as that goes, but. Yeah, so I, I'm, right now the answer is yes. Uh, my wife has been battling uh, a little bit of being under the weather this week. Thankfully, it's not anything serious other than just a head cold, but it's been kind of nasty. Um, my, my brother was looking forward to joining me, but my brother works at Amazon and it's getting crazy over there. So he opted out yesterday and said he won't be coming. Um, I, I already planted the seed with my wife to go, yo, Saturday night, you know, do you care if I just spend four hours by myself? Um, and, you know, it, we, weird that you would think that that would be a question that needs to be answered. Um, but it does. And it's, you know, we've been married for 20, almost 22 years. So, you know, what we do on Saturday, you know, is important. Um, whether it's together or separately. Um, all of that being said, which is way more than needed to be shared on this podcast, so thanks for sticking with us for the last 15 seconds. Um, I am planning on ordering and watching Full Gear. I am. Uh, I was pumped for All In uh, back in September. Uh, I'm way more pumped for Full Gear, and I don't. I don't want to like be like hyper hyperbolic at all but these cards are just amazing like i don't know like i just feel like i'm like living in wrestling euphoria right now yeah i uh so as i built uh for those that watch on the youtube side 
um, you know that there's some graphics on the screen and, and you'll see the match we're talking about at the bottom of the screen. Uh, and usually I try to build from, I mean, we will start with the buy-in match and then I try to build from kind of lower card to upper card, right? Like less important to more important. And I really struggled with the, the order of matches for this show because I feel like all nine of the main card, I mean, the buy-in goes first, not a problem. And after that, I mean, obviously the world title match goes last. So what do I put with, you know, matches two through eight in this, you know, or two through nine in this situation? I really struggled with the order because of two matches two through nine, I felt like I could have put them in any order and, and I could argue about it. Like they all feel important. They all feel built. Nothing just randomly thrown on the pay-per-view. Um, there's no, even though I think it served its purpose, there's no Paul White versus QT Marshall match on this pay-per-view, you know, that makes you just go, well, all right, that's a thing that's happening. Um, and, and again, I think that served its purpose back at all in, but, um, and it's all, all, and out. I think, all out, not all in. All out, sorry. All yeah, out. No, that was my bad. I'm, I, I wanted to jump. I'm glad you brought it up so I could correct myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you led me down the wrong path. Tom, I was all in on all out. And that's why I yes. said it. And, and I think all out the, for me, the the card was good. Don't get me wrong; the card had me hyped. But it was the the what was going to happen? What if the the Danielson, uh, the Adam Cole, the you know we knew Punk was obviously already there because he was working the show. But was Daniel or Danielson and, and or Cole going to show up? And they did, of course. Um, so I think I was more hyped, even though I was hyped for the whole show. I was more hyped for how would that all play out? Would that happen? Of course, it did. <clears throat> Crazy fun ending to the show. Um, I'm not expecting anything that level at this show as far as surprises or debuts, although I could be surprised again. Um, you and I talked about before we clicked record that I really kind of chuckled at the media call that Tony did, Tony Khan did, excuse me, yesterday, um, where somebody asked him about Bray Wyatt and it's like, what do you, what do you expect him to say guys? Like, come on. <laughs> is he going to be like, like you said, is he going to be like, yeah, I just booked his plane ticket. He'll be there Saturday. Um, of course, he's going to be just kind of dismissive. I don't think we'll see Bray Wyatt on Saturday because of other things, uh, the movie commitment that, that has come out that he's got here at the end of the month. I just think, depending on the shooting schedule for that, whether he'd be available to work, you know, Wednesdays and or Fridays um, for a little bit, I, maybe, maybe he would. May, and maybe he'll surprise me. And that'd be really fun. But um, but the card itself, like, I, it doesn't need surprises. Not that All Out really needed them either, but... This card doesn't need it. It's well, it's. And, and let, let me ask you this question because we talked about it a few weeks back when it kind of broke, you know the 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 notepad and the 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 photo of the of the of the card and 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 that versus what we're getting. And I know there have been some things, you know, that wouldn't have been foreseen. John Moxley specifically, among other things. Right. Uh, almost, I, I think that was almost a blessing in disguise. Not not that not related to the Mox thing but i think i think that 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 image being being public knowledge and then people being able to try to discern what it said whether it whether it caused creative and AEW to slightly adjust uh to get us to where we are now i'm not disappointed by any means right the the slight adjustments that that may have been made and we'll talk we'll probably talk about those when we get to those matches um didn't hurt it didn't hurt it at all. In fact, I would say in one case made it infinitely better. Um, and 
in another, you know, just, just pivoted a little bit, maybe. And then there was questions around that. But let's get into the show. Um, and then, man, that aura has really kicked in on you, Tom. For those watching on our YouTube, uh, Tom is enjoying the last bits of sunshine that they will get in the state of Michigan before uh, four months of darkness set in. Um, no, I'm kidding. It's not really that bad. But um, not not too far off. So so there is an, an aura around Tom if you're watching live on YouTube. Uh, it's uh, Jim versus the Angels this morning. Uh, in head to head. So uh, we'll see if they help you with your picks, Tom. But um, since uh, we are tied, we did talk about, um, yes, Annette just said you are angelic, Tom. So uh, I am joined by the angelic one, Tom Bobo, this morning on Two Spot Monkeys Live. Um, since we are tied, we did talk about that the way we're going to decide who picks first is who had the lower score last um, show that we picked. And the last show we picked was Crown Jewel. I went seven and two, Tom went six and three. So Tom, you're going to get the first pick on a match that I'm sure you have just spent hours upon hours uh, pontificating on what you might elaborate on in this match. Uh, but the buy-in match, Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa versus Jamie, Jamie Hayter and Nyla Rose in a little preview of some of the semifinal action coming, not semifinal, quarterfinal action uh, coming. Yep. in the uh, TBS title tournament. Yeah, and I didn't know that this got announced until I saw that you posted it in our Fantasy Wrestling League uh, thread about this card. So that was how I learned about it. And I, I liked it. I liked it on paper. Um, I don't know that I'm going to um, tune in for the buy-in specifically. I might, you know, carve out time just in time to, to you know, get, be ready by 8 p.m. for the main pay-per-view event itself. Uh, I am thankful. I, I should have mentioned this in earlier. Uh, I am thankful that Michigan and Penn State play at noon on Saturday. And that uh, I know Happy Valley will be going crazy, but hopefully the Wolverines can overcome the Nittany Lions. Uh, I, I feel like I could go either way in this match because, you know, I don't think it's a match of, you know, super important consequence on Saturday but I think it tells a story about where they go in the tournament. Uh, I, I see both baby faces winning uh, in their tournament matches. Uh, so that makes me go, okay, then do you give the heels the win here to help them seem like they have the upper hand? Or do you want people to have a high, like good feeling going into the show and they're the baby, they're, therefore the baby faces win. Um, I feel like I could argue both sides of that coin, um, and I think there's well good arguments to be made for both. I'm going to go with Sheeta and Rosa just because I think that they want to have that positive vibe launching into the pay-per-view. Um, so Hikaru Sheeta and Thunder Rosa are my uh, first choice. Yeah, I, I definitely see both sides of that coin as well. Um, I was surprised Jamie Hader beat Anna Jay in the first round, um, to be perfectly honest. And and so she's a little bit of the surprise of the tournament for me so far, one round in. Uh, I, I do think her, I don't even know if you can call it Cinderella run, but I think her run ends um, in the next round. I, she has Thunder Rosa in the next round, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. Because right? yes. she did and Rose um, are paired up who have had numerous matches and, and feuding. Um, so yeah, I, I think Thunder Rosa gets past Hater in the second round. Um, yeah, I think it's that opening match. You almost always see, unless it's a title match, you know, like um, 
like when they did the NWA title women's title match on the buy-in for one of the shows. Was that all out? I don't remember. Um, you know, then the title plays into that uh, when it was Serena and Riho, if I remember right. But uh, yeah, I think the babyfaces win this one. I think Hater probably takes the fall. I think she can. I just don't think they've built Hater to be other than her win over Anna J. I don't think they've built her to be anything to be too worried about um, in the women's division. Maybe they can get her there if they want to. Um, but I think Hater takes the fall. I agree with you. They could give the heels the win just to give that. Uh, oh look, they have to overcome. You know something in the next round. Um, you could have Rebel interfere, but my guess is it's more likely Rebel interferes and screws it up, um, and that's maybe what causes Hater to take the fall. Um, if, if they do interference at all. But I'm going to go Sheeta and Rosa um, for that first pick. Um, I'm just jotting down picks here, uh, which takes us to our first match on the on the opening card. And it's crazy to think this would be the match that I would start with. But I, again, I just don't know what order to put these things in. Uh, they announced on Wednesday a tag team match between Cody Rhodes and Pac versus Andrade El Idolo and Malachi Black. Um, these four have kind of had some interwoven storylines. Obviously, Andrade and Pac have a feud going. Cody and Malachi Black have had a feud going since literally the moment Malachi Black joined AEW. Um, first of all, this should be really good. You've got four guys who know what they're doing in the ring. Cody is really good at putting together the big match kind of match. Week-to-week uh, -week matches for Cody are okay for me, but when it comes to pay-per-view, the guy delivers. Um, Pac, Andrade, and Malachi Black are probably three of my favorite in-ring guys at this point. I mean, they're just all really talented. I think what's interesting for me in this match is Malachi Black has been talking a lot over the last couple of months about the House of Black. And I know he refers to his fans as that or the fans as the House of Black. But he's also made little comments here and there that make me think he might be starting a stable at some point here in AEW. And everybody gets a stable in AEW. It's kind of like Oprah in the cars. You get a stable, you get a stable, everybody gets a stable. Um, or a faction. Um, and I could see the House of Black being pretty cool. I don't know whether Andrade would be a part of that because Andrade's kind of got his own thing going on. Um, and I'm not sure if he fits. Um, but do we see a new ally interfere in this match, perhaps? Um, and I hate talking about potential interference two matches in a row in AEW, but sometimes it happens. Um, I, I think one of two things happens. Well, one of three things. Either one, the baby faces win. I don't love that in this storyline-wise. And it's not just because I have Andrade and Malachi Black, both on my fantasy wrestling team. Um, but I don't love that in this match. I think either Cody and Pac have some dissension because Pac doesn't like anybody. He's the bastard for a reason. Or we get some sort of interference. So I'm going to go out on a really strange limb here, um, or perhaps not so strange. I think Brody King might show up on Saturday in Minneapolis. Um, King and Malachi Black are the PWG tag team champions. They're friends. Brody King obviously is going to be looking for somewhere to work uh, now that Ring of Honor is releasing everybody from contracts. I don't know how I've heard they've been released and they can work where quote wherever they want. I don't know if AEW is part of that. Um, I could see Ring of Honor saying you can work for any indies you want, but you can't work for AEW until you're officially done being paid by us at the end of December. I can understand that. They've still got Final Battle um, to promote. But uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see Brody King here and, and that lead to Andrade and Malachi Black getting the win. So I'm going to go Andrade and Malachi Black because I don't think this is done after Saturday. 
Yeah, so when I think of this match, on paper, again, awesome. I, I love that these four are going to collide together. Um, I was looking up Cody Rhodes' history on in on pay-per-views in AEW while you were talking, so I might have missed the point that you made um, about this potentially could have been a four-way. Did you say that by chance? I, I didn't actually. I said it okay. before. I think before we started, and I okay. did not bring it up here. Yeah. Okay. So, like, so the idea that this could have been a four-way would have been interesting too. But it clearly seems that Andrade and Malachi Black have some sort of um, allegiance uh, or working relationship. And then you also have, even though I don't think they're going to be involved here, um, FTR. FTR has acquired the services, or no, Andrade has acquired the services of FTR. He paid MJF to have them for a certain period of time. I think that it probably wraps up this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting. And that, that that was a factor on Wednesday night on dynamite as well. Uh, It's almost uh, a shame in a way, not it is, it's a shame, but it's not a shame. Uh, The, the, the super crazy cage match that AEW has done already happened this year with pinnacle inner circle. I could see Andrade Malachi black and, insert one more person, Brody King, perhaps, and FTR against Cody, Pac, the Lucha Bros, and someone else in, in that type of match, and it would be pretty unbelievable. Uh, and pretty Arne amazing. Anderson. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Ar- but Arne Anderson comes strapped with a gun. Uh, right. Changes, changes that dynamic totally. Um, Your finish. <laughs> so not to fantasy book that, you know, and get bigger than where we're at, you know, I have found it very interesting that Malachi Black was the first loss for Cody, that Andrade has already taken his first official loss. I was impressed that he did beat Cody, but it was because of FTR interference that supported him overcoming Cody in that match. Where they go next with all four of these guys in this match is really interesting to me. Uh, I do agree with you. I don't think the issue or issues that are afoot here go away. I don't know that I see Pac and Andrade continuing. Um, Maybe it's Pac and Malachi Black and it's Andrade and Cody and those kind of are the paths that they take or something else. Uh, I'm going to be eager to watch it play out. I do think that the heels winning makes the most sense for the long-term build. Um, And whether we get a new debuting member of the House of Black, and I would love to see that faction come and develop and actually have a have a curveball out of left field. Brody King probably wouldn't be that curveball for fans that are kind of in the know because they probably are aware that they have a connection outside of AEW. But I don't know who that could be. Uh, that would be a great like second or third to Malachi Black. So I will pick Andrade and Malachi as well. All right, we're two for two, same picks. Tom, we move on. You get the first pick for the False Count Anywhere match between Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Christian Cage. Okay. Versus Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Adam Cole. This is a little bit of a pivot from that notebook that we had seen uh, before, although kind of combining two matches. Yeah. So imagine if we were getting just uh, Jurassic. I was going to call it Jungle Express. Jurassic Express and the Young Bucks in a tag straight up, and then Adam Cole versus Christian Cage. Adding one more match to an, to an already stacked card doesn't give everybody good time to to operate and work within. I really liked. Jungle Boy's uh, presentation of late. Uh, I know you're still going to catch up on watching Dynamite. I think you'll be able to see that there in the match that he has. Plus, he's on uh, uh, Rampage tonight. Funny story. uh, Maybe not story. Funny connection. 
Rampage the movie with The Rock is on uh, TNT tonight leading into AEW Rampage at 10 o'clock. So it's a nice. Rampage Rampage doubleheader. It's a uh, Rampage night on TNT. Yeah, it, it is. Rampage, not a terrible movie with The Rock. I, you know, I love the video game back in the day. I've seen the movie. It's, you know, for a pop some popcorn, turn your brain off for a couple hours. It's not bad. We're going to be watching a rock movie tonight, but we're going to be watching Disney's Jungle Cruise. And and when I, I try to convince, that. I saw that it comes out today on Disney Plus. So yeah, when I try to convince my son, because that's a baby movie, I'm like, dude, it's not a baby movie. So I don't know. My son was just in a mood when I brought it up to him. So I'm going <laughs> to entice him with pizza and soda, and hopefully then Jungle Cruise is like the dessert. Um, anyway, we're not here to talk Disney Plus movies or releases. We're here to talk <laughs> two spot monkeys <laughs> going down rabbit holes. No, yeah, never happened. Never, never before, <laughs> never again. Uh, I feel like on on the babyface side here, Jungle Boy is going to be the one that's protected in this match, and I think there's, they're telling a longer term story. I think as well that he's going to eventually get a bigger singles win. I don't know over whom that might be, uh, but he. Again, he's so young. So, again, you talk about the four pillars in AEW. He's one of them. It's okay for him to not shine necessarily here. And, like, you know, there's been arguments made that, you know, his his spot is being taken now by CM Punk or Daniel Bryan or Adam Cole. I don't know that I feel that way. Uh, and, I, and I think there's plenty of spots at the dinner table for everybody to eat uh, to make that analogy. Connecting us back to Thanksgiving dinner, uh, of all things. Um but I do believe that the elite needs to stay strong and will stay strong, um, and specifically Adam Cole. So I'm going to pick uh, the Bucks and Adam Cole to win here. I wonder if we do end up eventually getting that Adam Cole-Christian Cage singles match. I could see that easily being a, a big, uh, either a, a Rampage main event on a Friday some night or being a big deal on a Dynamite in December. Uh or maybe not at all. So, but yeah, Bucks and Bucks and Cole. The I think this is just the elite. The super elite is when you add Kenny Omega. I think this is the super click. Super click. Thank you. Yes. All of- the elite is the Young Bucks and Kenny. The super elite is when you add in Adam Cole to that, and the super click. I think is I don't know too many stupid names. Call yourself one thing, and you're all members of it. It's okay. Um, that's so- Yes, I, 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 thank you for keeping me grounded. Super quick is my pick. That's okay. And, and the funny thing is I jotted down elite. Um, so, but again, just call yourselves the elite. You're all members of the elite. It's okay. Um, the NWO had, NWO had 97 different members. And they didn't have stupid names for every little one until they broke off. And, you know, then they had the Wolfpack. But I guess the Wolfpack was part of NWO Black and White for a little bit. But again, not an NWO podcast today. AEW. Um Stay on topic, Jim. Jeez. Um, it's, uh, yeah, everything you said is kind of what I've been thinking, too. And and I 100% agree that I don't think Jungle Boy's spot is being taken. I don't, I don't think Jungle Boy is quite ready to be the top guy or in the top mix yet. He's getting there. And he's super far along. And you can use him in top spots here and there. And, and it doesn't feel weird. But to have a prolonged run, I just uh, honestly, I think he needs to fill out a little bit more physically. I'm a little worried about you know his size, and I say that Adam Cole, not a big guy either. But um, to just have that look a little more, Adam Cole still has the look 
for me as far as looking like a top guy. Jungle Boy's not quite there yet, but again, he's like 22 or something. I mean, he's silly young. I can't remember exactly. I could be off on that by year three, but um, no, probably not three, but he's super young and he's great in the ring. Really, really good in the ring. I think he's still working on as a singles, his presentation um, as a character in his presentation. I think he's come a long way since AEW started. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they protect him here, but I'm okay with it taking a little longer. I think the beauty of bringing in Brian Danielson and CM Punk and some others, Adam Cole, is that some of those guys who, who are developing, you don't have to rush them to the top. And so by the time they're there, the fans are going to be dying for them, much like they were with Daniel Bryan back at WrestleMania 30. And I used the word correctly that time, um, the name correctly that time. But much like they were for him at WrestleMania 30, I think eventually you can get to the point where the fans are that way with a Jungle Boy or even a Darby Allen, who still had very high profile matches. But again, he's not in the world title hunt yet. And again, I think that's okay. I don't think Darby has to be there yet. I think you'll get him there, but Darby's still being used really well. I think Jungle Boy's being used just fine. Um, getting the rub from Christian Cage is not a bad thing. Being in the ring with guys like the Young Bucks and Adam Cole and, and Cage on your side, you're only going to learn from that kind of those kinds of things. So I think they're doing fine with Jungle Boy. Um, I think Adam Cole, you protect as well. Um, I, I think that big singles win for Jungle Boy down the road could be Adam Cole. I could see him getting that win against Adam Cole. I think that would be really cool. Um, even though I'm a huge Adam Cole fan, I don't think it would hurt Adam Cole at all. Um, if you build people well, losses don't hurt them. If you book it well. Um, and AEW has been pretty good at that, actually, along the way. So uh, false count anywhere, of course, leads to uh, shenanigans. So you figure Brandon Cutler is going to fall off something because somebody's going to kill him. Um, Nakazawa will probably get involved. You know, they're kind of the lackeys. Um, but so there's going to be some interference on the super click side. I mean, that's come on, that's happening. Um, whether or not that leads to the finish. And, you know, I keep predicting interference in every one of these matches, but the stories just kind of tell themselves to where that could be. And it's a false count anywhere match. So that's going to happen. And the elite love having run-ins and, shenanigans going on in their matches the elite the super click the super duper elite click whatever it is they're calling themselves this week um i love the wrestlers i just hate all the stupid names um I, i'm going with the jacksons and adam cole whatever they're calling themselves uh i'm going with that team as well because i just think um i think it makes the most sense and the young bucks don't tend to lose real often on pay-per-view i feel like I could be wrong. I haven't looked that up again. Crackpot research. Um, they did just lose it all out, obviously, in that crazy tag team match. Um, so I, I think that's that's the way you go. And I don't think it hurts Jurassic Express or Christian Cage at all. I think they're fine. The next matchup is Darby and MJF in a match that has uh, been built very personally. Um, although they've steered away from, they only used the uncle thing once. They didn't really make that a focus, which I'm glad. Uh, we talked about that back when it happened. Um, and, and I think especially given what's gone on now uh, with John Moxley, that would be really poor taste to bring that back up now. Um, so I'm glad to see they haven't done that. I'm glad to see MJF hasn't done that because I think MJF walks the line between getting heat and maybe going just a hair too far. And I know that's what he's trying to do. Um, but sometimes when you walk the line, you step over it too. So I'm glad they haven't gone there. Uh, but they've made this thing very personal. Sting's been involved, obviously. Wardlow will be around. 
Um, they're clearly teased. I don't know. Teasing is not even the right word. They're clearly having dissension between Wardlow and MJF. Um, could I see Wardlow just blasting MJF in the head with something here and, and being like, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, I could see that happen. Um, this is weird for me. This is a hard one because they've protected both these guys so well in big matches like Darby. Yes, he lost to CM Punk, but other than that, he pretty much wins his big matches. MJF literally has been beaten one time in singles, um, and that was by John Moxley in a world title match. So uh, MJF doesn't lose when it comes to singles. Well, I guess he also lost Jericho. I take that back. Um, he, he did lose Jericho in their their final match. But, okay, so Jericho and Moxley are the only two guys that have beaten him in singles matches. Like, could Darby join those ranks? Um there's another feud where I don't think it ends here. I don't think full gear is the end. I don't think this was just a one pay-per-view program or a one month program. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I hope it's not. So that's maybe my one thing. And I'll mention this probably when we get to CM Punk in a couple of matches. Um, I, I want AEW to do more long-term storytelling. They do some Kenny Omega and hangman page. Obviously they've done a really good job of long-term storytelling there. Um, but a lot of these things kind of feel like, oh, we've got a pay-per-view, let's build something. And they they take a month or two because they've only got four pay-per-views. So it's better than the the three-week-and-out build that WWE does because they've got a pay-per-view almost every month. Although they're pulling back on that next year, so we'll see if that helps. But I hope this is more long-term. And I think it's got legs to be more long-term. So if that's the case, then MJF gets the win here so that we build to when Darby eventually overcomes MJF. So I'm going to go MJF in this one. What you thinking, Tom? I remember we talked, uh, not on this podcast, I don't believe, but just about how infrequent for the type of talent MJF is, how yep. infrequent he has in-ring opportunities. And it's it's I think it's less opportunities, but he becomes more valuable because he's not been overexposed. And I don't think you can be overexposed because, and I'm going to make this point when I talk about Daniel Bryan, ah, Bryan Danielson later on. So hard. <laughs> um, since, excuse me, since March, MJF has had nine matches. This will be his 10th match since March. So 10 matches in eight months. Crazy. And in that space, in that space, he's only had, this will only be his sixth singles match. And one of those was against Bryce Donovan. Yep. 35 seconds in total right. length. So, yeah. Uh, so that almost doesn't even count. I mean, it was a match, but it almost doesn't count. Yeah. What, what it does tell me is, you know, when you see MJF in the ring, it, it's meant to be important. And I think this match truly is important. And I, I, I like the build. I think that even with the change that they've made, uh, again, with the sensitivity to what's happening in, in, the, in the real world, in the real life of some talents, uh, to not anchor in that space, even though there could have been a great emotional connection, it made sense to do what they've done. Even though MJF has only lost twice, it doesn't feel like he's only lost twice. It, it, and again, and that's because his aura and his presentation and how he carries himself on the mic supersedes all that. Now, that doesn't mean that I think you can go ahead and lose continuously. Like, I don't think like when we eventually get to MJF CM Punk, that's going to be a tough 
a tough, you know, pick, right? When we get to MJF Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson, I think that's going to be a, a tough pick. And again, just throwing those two out as potentials. We may or may not ever get those. I don't know. Um, if, if we don't someday get MJF and Punk on the mic, now granted, we're going to talk about in a couple matches here, some amazing promos uh, that have led to Punk's match in this pay-per-view. If we don't someday get Punk and MJF going back and forth on the mic, I, then they've lost their mind in AEW. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think I've said before, and I'll and I'll probably continue to say again for for a long time, and I've put it in in discussion threads too that we've been part of. You know, Darby is a talent that I don't think losses will ever hurt. I may be totally wrong. I may I may be overshooting that statement, you know, because I think, but I think that AEW is so smart, and you alluded to it as well, and how they book and present their talents. That when wins and losses happen, talents don't need to be rehabbed for them or 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 rebuilt necessarily. Like the the, the rebuild isn't needed because the loss isn't like a blatant like you got like they just they, they get slaughtered. Um, because MJF lost to Jericho in the last big match he had, that is part of why I'm picking MJF here. But I also agree with you. I think the story is bigger than just this this one match how and where it goes i'm interested to see if it does indeed happen maybe it doesn't maybe mjf like takes the win and then walks away and uses that to taunt darby and then we have to wait a long time you know and we and we come a year uh from now when they finally do collide again much like the issue between hangman and, and kenny omega so mjf is my pick as well i i do like that AEW does a great job of building strong heels and MJF is at the top of the list on that on that ranking. Yeah, they've they have super protected him, and uh, I, I love you know what you were saying, Tom. Of wins and losses don't hurt people most of the time in AEW, and wins and losses still can matter even while not hurting people. So it, they've really, for the most part, done a good job. We can nitpick things. I'm sure somebody in listening to this is probably yelling at their radio right now and or their phone or their computer or whatever and saying, well, what about this? Well, yeah, they've, they've missed sometimes, but more often than not, I think they've hit on that. So. Well, the well, misses don't, the misses don't feel as bad because, or, or sting like they would because they are so infrequent. It's like, it's like, you know, you're not going to remember that bad meal because you've had so many other good meals in between. Right. A lot of, lots of food centric analogies on this podcast. Absolutely. Today. And you had a little sting, uh, uh, you know, pun in there too, for that one. So. Uh, with with Darby being in the last match, so well, let's see. What do you think? What? How can we weave food into uh, the inner circle versus Men of the Year? Uh, Ethan Page and uh, I almost Junior Dos Santos. I'm just staring at his name there. Scorpio Sky, along with Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky, and the fat faced uh, Dan Lambert. Junior uh, Dos Skydos. Junior Dos Skydos. Yes. <laughs> Um, against all five members of the inner circle in a Minneapolis street fight because the mean streets of Minneapolis does not feel like a thing I've ever heard before, but that's okay. I, I think Minnesota is getting some snow or will have had some snow by the time Saturday night comes. So the Minneapolis snowball fight is what it, this it, I, I, I do definitely see snow potentially becoming a factor. You may not recall this, but way back in the, the late 90s, 
there was a pay-per-view by WWF here at the Target Center. It might not have been the Target Center at the time. Uh, this is where the Timberwolves play. I, my mother-in-law used to live in Minnesota, so I've been I've been downtown Minnesota. I've been near this venue. I went and saw a Timberwolves game at this venue. Um, I saw Jeff Schwartz's favorite basketball player, LeBron James, against the T-Wolves when he was with the Cavs. Um, all of that being said, like it's right in the heart of downtown Minneapolis. And so, A, there's a lot of activity in a lot of things if they do go out into the streets of Minneapolis. And again, I don't know how, how they do that in a safe way while COVID is a thing. Uh, but the comment I was going to make back, connecting back to the WWF pay-per-view of the late 90s, there was a hardcore match. And they brawled out of the venue into like a bar. Like there's a lot of bars in downtown Minneapolis. And they, they brawled into a bar. And I want to say it was like maybe Al Snow, Hardcore Holly, Big Boss Man, or some collection of those talents plus more perhaps. Uh, I could definitely see this match hearkening back to that. I think Jericho like, doesn't necessarily want to pay homage to that necessarily, but he was in WWF right around that time. And maybe it was July of 99. Again, Crackpot Research would, would definitely have helped us out here and they fail us again. Uh, this is going to be fun. I, You know, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page are going to definitely carry this. I did. I was surprised uh, that on on the Jericho podcast with Moxley promoting his book, Jericho did note that they have been training with Junior Dos Santos, which is again like, okay, you know what I mean? Like you're clearly breaking down the kayfabe, you know, thing that you want us to believe when you when you tell us that. Um, again, that the that segment of the audience listening to that podcast. And making that connection, you know, probably wouldn't be surprised to hear that. But I, I did find that comment to be interesting that Jericho made, especially considering where we're here and they're clearly on opposing sides. This match to me is set up straight away to have Dan Lambert take the fall 100 million percent. Uh, and he's going to, the, the term in wrestling as a bad guy is to show ass. I think he's going to show ass on, on Saturday night. Hopefully not literally. Hopefully just in, in, the, in the figurative wrestling sense. Uh, I hope this is going to be. I, I hope. I, I believe this will be fun. I believe this will be good. Um, it's a great use of the inner circle now. I, I do hope that after this kind of sunsets, maybe it's maybe that is Saturday. We do get Sammy Guevara in more of a little competitive TNT title program. Um, you know. They, he had the match with Ethan Page a few weeks back, which was really, really good, which kind of got us to this spot. It was like the, the title on the line versus the match and other things that were on. Getting to pick the three and yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, Sammy and Scorpio would be a great follow-up to kind of put a pin in this when it's all said and done next week, Wednesday or Friday. After that, though, I do, you know, let, let, let's, let's get proud and powerful versus whomever wins the tag title match. Let's get Sammy in a TNT title feud. You know, Jericho, guy, happy birthday. He turned 51 this week, but he's also 51. So I would see him being, you know, when I think of Jericho, and then I made that comment about MJF's number of matches, I think you would flip-flop that normally. You know, the MJF who's 25, and he's wrestling nine times in seven months, and you've got Jericho who's 50, and he's wrestled way more than that. So um, I think it's time to do a roll swap as to, to bring that uh, full circle. So full circle in our circle, 
Uh, that's my pick. Inner Circle uh, wins the Minneapolis Street Fight. And I hope, again, if there's snow, I hope snow is involved. And I hope they are able to get out into the street, the mean streets of Minneapolis. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I'd say Dos Santos, and I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, he looked all right in the, uh, the match in Miami that they had, the six-man. I thought he held his own. Um, a street fight certainly allows them to kind of cover up um, any shortcomings Dos Santos, Arlovsky, and Lambert are going to have. Of course, Lambert isn't supposed to look like he's good. Um, and it also allows for, you know, I expect Paige, it sounds like I'm expecting a lot of interference in this show, but I expect Paige Van Zant and her husband, Austin, whatever his name is, um, and then the other guy, um, as Jericho called him, uh, which I don't remember his name either, so he's the other guy. Um, apparently undefeated in Bellator, though, according to Lambert. Um, to get involved at some level, you know, as well. The inner circle, I can't think of anybody that's really going to come help them, but I think they'll just, you know, dispatch of the extras um, along the way. And yeah, Lambert has to take the fall. I would have Sammy pin him. I kind of feel like Jericho might because Jericho was the one who took the powerbomb through the table um, on Wednesday night. I have seen that. Um, I haven't seen all of Dynamite, as we've mentioned, but I've read everything, so I know what happened. Um, I'll finish it up maybe even today. We'll see. Um, Lambert has to take the fall. I mean, that's, that's where this has been building. Um, Lambert's really good in that make you want to see him get punched in the face um, way. So, and that's what he's supposed to be. That's the character. That's, you know, what, what he's doing. And and this is the chance to see him get punched in the face. And I, I think we're going to see it. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a, a moment where maybe I see it in the middle of the ring, not necessarily out in the, the street fight time, but where Lambert's kind of surrounded by the inner circle and they kind of each take their shots. Maybe even, you know, I don't know why this is in my head, but I could see like, Dusty Rhodes bionic elbows from everybody to Lambert or something, you know, with an homage um, back to something like that. So um, I'm with you. Inner Circle wins this match. Lambert takes the fall. The one, thing just... I did, the one thing I didn't mention is, you know, Jorge Masvidal. Do you think he's going to get involved? And do you think there's something down the road between he and Jericho or Jericho and someone versus Masvidal and someone? I, I think they have been building that. I'm a little surprised he wasn't here. I, I think I read that he had to pull out of a match here recently. Um, so I don't know if there's an injury going on. Um, in fact, I'm just Googling that real fast here. Um, yeah, Jorge Masvidal injured fight with Leon Edwards off of UFC 269. Um, undisclosed injury. So he's probably not going to show up on Saturday would be my guess, just because whatever that injury is um, – if he had to pull out of a title fight, it's going to look really bad if he shows up on a wrestling pay-per-view on Saturday um, and does anything. But the knee strikes that he's thrown have looked really nasty, um, and I mean that in a good way. Um, and and so I do think we're – I think that was at least a hope. We'll see. I mean, depending on this injury from Osvaldo and, and where this all goes, I think that could – I think if he wasn't injured, I would absolutely have said, yes, he'll show up on Saturday and, uh, and be a part of that. But uh, – I was just looking to see when that show was UFC 269. Um, yeah, it doesn't say when the show is. So anyways, I don't follow UFC the, as closely as I once did, um, even remotely as closely as I once did. So um, 
anyways, so Masvidal's hurt. Otherwise, I would say yes, absolutely. I could have seen him showing up to set up that for Revolution or even Double or Nothing down the road, depending on his fight schedule. So um, we shall see on that. Well, let's move on to the next match here. CM Punk, Eddie Kingston uh, in a pivot from what we had originally seen on the notebook. Originally on that notebook, it was CM Punk Wardlow, uh, which I'm not really even sure how they would have gotten to. They they would have found a way. But um, this worked out okay. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. two guys who amazingly, according to ProFightDB.com, have never been in the ring together. Um, kind of amazing when you think about it. Eddie Kingston's promo, I think it was on Rampage last week. Um, Rampage and Dynamite kind of blend together for me sometimes. I think it was Rampage. Out of this world. And Punk held his own to, um, you know, I know I've spread, I think Jeff or somebody, one of our acquaintances, friends said that Kingston needed to win that promo and he did, or that, that promo battle and he did. He did, but it wasn't because Punk looked stupid or anything. I mean, Kingston held his own, though, in there with CM Punk. Kingston is a guy, went back when he was the champion in Chikara for like a year, I didn't really care about any Kingston. And I was following Chikara fairly closely at that point. Um, and he just, when he'd have his match, it was like, okay, can we move on now to the stuff that I'm more interested in? Um, you know, he did some some stuff in Impact. He did some stuff in Ring of Honor. He did some, he's been about everywhere. Um, and he's always kind of been a guy until he got to AEW, who I've just kind of been like, okay, Eddie Kingston's here. Whatever. Um, and when he first came into AEW, I was even like, okay, Eddie Kingston's here. Cool. And then he started showing up a little more. I'm like, oh, they're actually going to use Eddie Kingston. That'll be interesting. AEW has found a way to accentuate what Eddie Kingston does well, which is the emotion, the promos, the, all of that. I think he's actually gotten better in the ring, or, or maybe I've just gotten more used to his style. I don't know which it is. Um, you know, is he Brian Danielson in the ring? No. Is he Kazushka Okada in the ring? No. Doesn't have to be. Um, because he and Punk both are the kind of guys, although Punk, I think, obviously can hang at that level in the ring, or at least could. We'll see as he continues his his return um, and gets in the ring with some of those guys, what it looks like. But they're guys who can emotionally get you involved in the match and in the story and in all of that to when, when the match happens, if it's not a Omega Okada, you know, 17 stars in the Tokyo dome match, it doesn't matter because you're involved in the story. You're invested in the story. You're invested in what's going on. I'm invested in either can Kingston overcome punk, which would be punk's first loss in AEW spoiler. I don't think that's happening. But can he earn Punk's respect? Because that's the story. Punk doesn't respect him. He thinks he's a bum. He thinks Kingston is wasted potential. I think the story here is Kingston proving to him that he's not any more wasted potential. Um, I know there was an article that came out. I have not read it yet. Um, I saw that you reshared re it again on Facebook this morning, Tom. I need to get to read that today. Um, I've heard nothing but amazing things about that article from the Players' Tribune. Was that where it was, I think? Um on Eddie Kingston. Kingston, I think, is one of the really big success stories in AEW. And it, and he's and it's made me, I'm a fan of Eddie Kingston. Like, when that first Eddie Kingston figure comes out from Jazzwares, I'm in. I'm buying the thing. I'll probably pre-order it on Ringside Collectibles because I don't even want to wait until see if I can find it in the screwy distribution we get out here. Um, although I found most of the AEW figures I've wanted in, in the wild, and even the Cody LJN that I did pre-order, I've seen in the wild. Um, 
So maybe I don't need to do that, but probably will just because I'm, I'm at that point with Eddie Kingston. Like I'm in, I'm in on Eddie Kingston. Um, and I didn't think I'd ever say that. Like Kingston to me has never been that guy until AEW got a hold of him. And they've made me give a rip about Eddie Kingston in a big way. I think they're going to beat each other up. I think it's going to be one of Punk's more physical matches that he will have had now um, in this return. And I'm, I'm loving it. I, I probably won't, I will not see the show live on Saturday. That will not happen because of a trivia booking I have. I don't know when I'm going to see the show. I would like to see it at some point. I'm not going to be spoiler free because it's going to be a little bit before I get to see it. That's just not realistic for me to think that I can do that. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing this though. Um, all that said, I guess I had to make a pick since this is head to head. Um, and, and I think I revealed it already, but CM Punk is my pick, but I think Kingston comes out looking even better in, in the loss. And again, back to what we were talking earlier about guys can lose and still gain. I think that's what happens in this match. Yeah. You said a lot of great things there. And I really, I'm going to say right when we're done recording, you have to get, click that article and read that. Uh, it's just, it's just so good. It is, and it's just, it is true to the core of who Eddie Kingston is when you read that. And, and it's, it, it probably isn't new information in a, in a lot of what I've shared there. It may be for you, um, be based on what you, were, you know, kind of communicated about kind of how he has been, you know, in terms of your wrestling perception, it's just so worth reading. And, and as I was listening to you and thinking more about this, you know, not that we give out awards or that, you know, there's really the only place that awards matter in pro wrestling is the wrestling observer newsletter. But it made me think like with what's happened this week and, and it shouldn't just be this week, but I think when you look at the big picture is Eddie Kingston, the most inspirational pro wrestler in the year 2021. And I don't know that, that that's a good statement to make, but I can't think of anyone else right now. When you think of what's happening, um, the 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 only other person and i think it's too premature to say that you could argue would be in that spot would be john moxley when he you know battles his addiction and comes back but i think that would be 2022 and beyond last week when they had their promos in the ring and it was friday on rampage that was some of the most authentic tv that you'll ever see even though wrestling is scripted. These guys know how to do that and do that well. I think Eddie Kingston is actually probably, if not the best, easily one of the top two or top three, who when you give him a microphone and let him talk from who he is and the core and the fiber of his being, you get what you get. And it's, and it's money. It is absolutely money. So going back to... If we were sitting here previewing Wardlow CM Punk, I can't say at all I would be anywhere near as emotionally invested to that, no matter what they did. Like Wardlow could have powerbombed AJ Lee, and I wouldn't care. Um, so, so this 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 takes the cake. This this, this is this is this goes back to what I said early on that I am so looking forward to the show, and this is one of those absolute must sees as to why uh, I already envisioned myself when I was watching dynamite this week, when they did a little bit of, of a promo package for this, that when this match happens on Saturday night, I'm going to be standing in my den, like three feet from the TV, all in totally invested in this match. 
there's a lot of ways I think you could go here. I think Punk winning is the right move because Punk's first loss needs to be different than this. Even though I think it would benefit Kingston, I don't. I again, Kingston is one of those guys where he's not going to be hurt here in this loss. So Punk is my pick, but I'm going to continue on just to say, could you turn CM Punk here? Or do you make Eddie Kingston an even bigger baby face? Or does Eddie Kingston go deeper heel? So there's a couple of different ways that this could play out that I have no idea what they're going to do. And I just can't wait to see it play out. So I just wanted to name those things as, as potential what ifs or, or what I can't wait and see. And when we come back and we talk about our, our takeaways from this next week, I'm going to be eager to, to dig in and, and, and debrief about what happens here in this match. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point. As much you know, I said, you know, I think Punk Kingston earns Punk's respect, but I think they could go the other way of Kingston hasn't beat and Punk has to do something a little underhanded to beat him. And so then Kingston has the one up of, you know, oh, it took that for you to beat me, even though I'm a bum. You know, you had to kick me low or you had to whatever it might be. So yeah, I could see that too. I absolutely I I think Punk could get some booze on Saturday in Minneapolis in this match because of the way they built it. Um, which is crazy when you think about it and crazy when you think they've done such a good job with Eddie Kingston, the punk could get some booze against Eddie Kingston. And and, to, and I think the, the my, my, my favorite thing to say about this match is this literally in, in the, in the span of 15 days went from, it wasn't even on my radar to me going, this is a dream match. And I yep. care so much about this. And that's a credit to a CM Punk a one A Eddie Kingston and B A W. Yep, hundred percent. Uh so I made the first pick on the last match. Yes, mm-hmm. so you have the first pick. We both talked back and forth so much there that I was like, uh, "Who makes the first pick on the next match?" Uh, the World Tag Team Title Match: The Lucha Bros versus the Triple A Tag Team Champions, uh, the Lucha Spiders or whatever it was they were. Those that and those god awful green outfits. FTR, who I don't think will be in those Lucha outfits on Saturday, uh, but FTR gets the tag title shot to uh, try to regain their tag team title, what they think are their tag team titles uh, from the Lucha Bros. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, my pick's the Lucha Bros, but I'm not incredibly confident on that. I'm excited for this match. I wondered why or if they were going to make this a like, title for title match and have those AEW or AAA excuse me, titles also on the line. Um, as a way to get them back to the Lucha Bros. Um, Because I don't know how I see them getting off FTR otherwise. Uh, They they haven't made that official yet. And again, they could. Tonight, Rampage could be a thing. I'm really excited for this match. I I don't know that I see the Lucha Bros being long-term champs, but I also don't know that switching the belts back to FTR here is the move. It also could very well be the move. I might be eating crow when I talk about this match next week. But Lucha Rose are my pick. I expect a really great match. I'm I'm almost second guessing my pick, but I'm going to stick to Lucha Rose. This is probably uh, certainly of the last four matches we have to pick. Uh, this is the one that I waffle on the most, um, and maybe on the whole show, it's the one that I waffle on the most. 
Um, this probably, when we talk about our confidence picks in our fantasy wrestling league pickums, this will probably be my one um, because I, I'm with you. I could see it going either direction. They've done a really nice job of reestablishing FTR after they were out for a little bit there, um, kind of strangely out. And then, of course, after um, Cash Wheeler had the, the nasty, nasty arm injury that thankfully they've stopped showing on TV, um, which I know you begged them to do uh, at one point. Um, they've done a really nice job reestablishing them. I have seen that they're working, might be in Mexico, um, with Vicky Guerrero as their manager coming up, which is a little bit interesting. Um, I, I hope that's just because Tully's not traveling out of the country, maybe because of COVID or something. Um, you know, Tully is an older gentleman. Um, I, I don't know his vaccination status, don't care. Um, that ultimately is his call. Um, but, uh, whether that plays into it or not, I don't know. And maybe they're just using Vicky for, for the one-off. I, I hope they're not going to transition them to Vicky because I just don't think that's as good as a fit. Um, and FTR really doesn't need a mouthpiece. They're, Dax Harwood is great on the mic, frankly. Um, and, and Cash is fine, but Dax Harwood is is really, really good on the mic. So they don't even need a mouthpiece. But I think Tully works for them because they've got that old school tag team vibe. So to have an old school tag team guy as your manager, it works. That package works. I don't think you need Vicky there, but anyways, that's an aside. Um, I could see it being a title for title, or they may just go down to Mexico and work. Um, I don't know. Is it triple mania or whatever they've got coming up, whatever they're, they've usually got a big show, I think in December for triple a. So maybe they go down and lose them to Samurai Del Sol and Aerostar there or something. I don't know. Some random teaming of people. Um, yeah, I, I think Lucha Bros win because I just think, I agree with you, I don't know that it's a long, long title reign for Lucha Bros, but I think to drop it, their first pay-per-view after winning it, and really in their first big title defense, I mean, they've had some title defenses against the Acclaimed and some others, or maybe the Acclaimed's been the only one, I don't remember now, I'd have to look, but um, I don't think that would do Lucha Bros any favors, so... Although, again, they could do it in a way that it doesn't hurt them. They're very good at that. I, I just don't think FDR is is the team right now. FDR could be the team to take the titles off of them. I just don't know that this is the match I would do it in. So I'm going to go Lucha Bros as well. Um, I think it'll be really good. I mean, four absolutely insanely talented individuals in this match. So I think it'll be very, very good. Um, looking forward to it whenever I get a chance to see the show. Uh, next up, the AEW women's title match, Dr. Britt Baker, DM, DMD, uh, versus Ty Conti. Uh, Ty Conti kind of quietly became the number one contender by just winning a lot. Um, works for me. Uh, sometimes they do a really good job of talking about the rankings, and other times we get those weird moments where we're like, oh, Orange Cassidy is the number one contender all of a sudden, or Ty Conti is the number one contender all of a sudden. This felt a little that way to me, to be perfectly honest. Ty Conti is um, maybe the standard bearer, for lack of a better word, of NXT or WWE not knowing what to do with somebody and not using them, and now AEW getting a hold of them and going, here's what you do with them. Have them win matches. Crazy. Um, <laughs> or have them show up in matches. Like, come on. Um Oh, Annette says she thinks she read this week that FTR is facing Lucha Bros in Mexico sometime soon uh, for those AAA tag titles. So perhaps that's, and maybe that's the one where Vicky's working in their corner. So maybe that's where they, they get them off of them. Um, 
so Baker and Conti, um, so Conti, yeah, like I think she's kind of the standard bearer for what WWE didn't do with somebody in NXT uh, or or WWE for that matter. And certainly there are other people on the show. Uh, we're going to talk about at least one in the next match as well, uh, but that was more on the main card than NXT. So Conti has done a great job in in AEW. Could I see Ty Conti as the women's champion down the road? Maybe. Um, I could see her as TBS champion down the road, certainly. Um, if they did women's tag titles in the future, I could see her and Anna Jay as women's tag champions without question. I don't see her as the women's champion here. I think Britt Baker is so flipping over that I think when Britt Baker loses, it needs to be bigger than Ty Conti is at this point. Um, Ruby Soho, maybe down the road. Um, it could be Sheeta even down the road. I think there are people who could do it. And I think Conti could could be built to be that person. I just don't think they've told the story yet that would need to be told to get Conti to that point. So I've got Baker winning this match. And, and to be perfectly honest, this would be pretty high up there on my confidence. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say and state in this match, you know, to, to cross over into our fantasy league with, with those picks there. This is going to be the highest confidence points I wager on Saturday because I don't see any chance that Britt Baker loses. One thing I've been thinking a lot about Britt, Britt Baker recently is the pop she gets is pretty amazing. But I've, I, I've sensed that there's something still missing in her in-ring work. I actually think that Conti might be the better worker in the match on Saturday. And this could be maybe Britt Baker's best regular singles match that she's ever had. Now I know the, the, the word regular in there to yeah, avoid yeah, the yeah, because the Thunder Rosa match, you know, doesn't that's on a whole different plane. And again, I can't wait for those two to, to hook it up again down the road. So so I'm so I'm interested in, in that uh, in that perspective. I appreciate very much that they're that this is the only singles women's match on the entire event. I hope they don't add anything else to the buy-in. Uh, I don't think they typically would add more than one match to the buy-in, but who knows? They could. I haven't usually, yeah. um, because I, this deserves that spotlight match, and uh, I'm, I'm very interested in the in the athletic aspect and the the performance aspect of seeing these two put on a really really great match. But yeah, the it's another it's another resume uh, establisher for Britt Baker on that on her title lineage, and and yes, I agree. When that title eventually does get dropped to whomever uh it's gonna it's gonna mean something and, and we're building up that the purpose of for that now in these in these defenses yeah i i agree so here's here's probably the biggest pivot we've had in the show um for full gear uh the world title eliminator tournament finals match brian danielson versus miro unfortunately john moxley out of the tournament due to uh checking himself into rehab which again we said it last week all our thoughts and prayers and, and best thoughts and wishes go to John Moxley. Kudos to him as a human being uh, taking care of himself uh, and, and getting things right before he worries about pro wrestling. So kudos to him. Miro is uh, who came in as the sub and beat Orange Cassidy in round two of that title tournament. So kind of uh, one match and boom, he's into the finals against Brian Danielson. They have had one singles match on SmackDown back in... Uh, when was it 2018? But other than that, uh, there's been some some tag matches after that, but only one singles match between these ever these guys ever. Uh, and Rusev at that time won that match, uh, which is 
a little surprising, but, um, you know, there was a time where they actually were using Rusev well. Um, but talk about a guy they have used better in AEW, huh, Tom? Exactly. And uh, this is an exciting match. I, I still am not clicking with the Miro character and his promos. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I'm following it, but, like, when his most recent promo was, like, he's saying that Danielson is between he and his wife. Like Mira Wyatt, like, like I'm, I'm waiting for for uh, whatever her name is. It's, I'm going to call her Lana, but I know her, she has a, a regular name. Uh, CJ Perry. CJ, yeah. For her to show up and like be the reason, like, like tell us, give us the backstory as to like what's like what she's what carrot she's dangling, proverbial carrot or physical carrot her her assets for lack of a better term. Um, that's that, that that that's causing Miro to 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 respond the way he's responding to have these promos have this character. So it's, I, 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 I like it, but I also am having a hard time making all the connections. So when Miro says Daniel Bryan is between, and this, and this win is between Miro and his wife, like you're the, like you're the barrier. That, that's not, it's not clicking for me. Like Miro saying, Hey, I want to be a champion again would make a whole lot more sense. It would be a little more straight to the point. And, and, and maybe, maybe when the point does, become clear to me down the road, um, I'll go, ah, I missed that the whole time. Wouldn't be the first time that has happened. Um, this is going to be an awesome match. I'm going to connect back to the whole Daniel Bryan. Ah, Bryan Danielson. You know, so Bryan Danielson debuted on September 22nd. And here we are less than two months later, and he has already had 10 matches as Bryan Danielson, one match as Infinito, uh, and which apparently was him under a hood at uh, at a dark TV taping in the closed studio or the studio at Orlando. That's according to Cage Match. Uh, so I didn't even know that. All right. <laughs> yep, I didn't know that until I pulled this up. Either. I, so I knew I'll, Cody was doing something like that, but I didn't know Daniel was. Yep, and, and maybe maybe it was a one time thing. Who knows? Uh, anyhow, his the the ten matches he's had have been nothing short of amazing, and not only that, like. Nine of them have been singles matches, and I've seen everyone except for the one against Aaron Solo, and I'm sure that's great. But I didn't, I just didn't bother to go back and and or take time that week that it was on dark to watch that. It's amazing. He the guy's a the guy's a workhorse, but but this is who he is. Like him working ten matches in two months, and MJF working nine in eight months. You know, like that's not a it's not a knock on MJF. It's how AEW is positioning him. But this right here is the epitome of, of Brian Danielson. And I don't expect him to stop performing and wrestling at this level. You know, when we're getting the Rocky Romero's and the Anthony Bowens of the world, uh, you know, randomly on the next week, like when he wins, when he wins Saturday and he establishes himself as the number one contender, I will not be surprised that whomever they have him face next week on Dynamite or on Friday on Rampage. So Brian Danielson is my pick to win here. Again, I hope that because of this whole Miro thing and I'm not connecting with it, like him losing pushes him further down a darker path with whatever is happening as God's favorite champion and being like the white, the gap is wider between he and his wife and he maybe he just snaps and goes berserk in an effort to, to get himself right. I don't know, but, 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 but I do care. Like, so the thing is that it's not that I don't care. I do care. So they've done a good job of making me care about Miro, even though it seemed a little bit odd that he had lost the TNT title the way he did. And 
kind of went radio silent for a while just with some promos and then he shows back up here. But again, a good plug and play in, in the absence of John Moxley. Absolutely. These guys are going to be tired of each other. Um, this is going to be physical as heck. Um, I'm with you. I've seen every match. I've seen, I haven't seen the solo match and I didn't see the Infinito, uh, which like I said, I didn't even know it was a thing. Uh, I missed that uh, apparently. Um, now I kind of want to go back and see that and just see him under a hood and see like how obvious is it that it's him. I love, I haven't seen, I've seen pictures. I have not seen the match, but Fuego do Sol, del Sol and uh, it's Too Fast Too Fuego is the team name. It Cody under a hood. I love the fact that he's under a mask and he's got a singlet on, but you can still see the dream tattoo. It's covered just a little bit by the strap of the singlet, but I'm like, okay, so we're not even trying. Like we're we're doing the Mr. America thing here. We're not even really trying to, to pretend it's not him, which is fine. I, I, I actually appreciate the tongue in cheek in that case more than trying to pull a fast one and, and make us think that it's some other character. Um, they're having fun with dark, whatever. That's fine. Um, so I haven't seen those two matches. I've seen everything else, um, including his match against Romero. I have seen that from this last Wednesday already. And um, yeah, they've been great matches. This is going to be a great match. There's a little piece of me that wouldn't be totally shocked if Miro won this um, as a total spin partially because spoiler alert if the world title changes hands then you have a heel challenger for a new babyface champion moving forward so i wouldn't be stunned if it happens i don't think it's going to happen but i could see it um moxley had he been in this spot which was the the rumored finals for this tournament and certainly the I mean, it wasn't going to be Orange Cassidy and Brian Danielson in the finals, although they teased a little Orange Cassidy, Brian Danielson on Wednesday. Um, so I think down the road we'll get that match, and that'll be really fun. I think Danielson will will be able to do some fun things with the way Orange Cassidy works. I think that will be uh, entertaining when it happens. But um, Moxley had been kind of trending towards a heel turn, just kicking everybody's tail, not caring, you know, those kinds of things. So again, I wouldn't have been stunned if Moxley would have won this tournament. I think everybody would have, their jaws would have hit the floor. Um, wouldn't have been stunned if that happened. I don't know that you want to give Brian Danielson's first loss to Miro, even though I think you've built Miro really well, and I don't think that would be a bad person. Um, I, I'm going Brian Danielson. I'm just saying I wouldn't be stunned if it went the other way. Um, so... I don't know what that means, but I'm going to go Brian Danielson to win, um, which means we have the exact same picks all the way through this show, Tom, until the main event. I got a sneaky hunch we're going to be at the same on the main event, but maybe not. We're going to find out because I get to make the first pick, and I think I've already tipped my cap. Uh, I, I wouldn't have – if we had said, hey, where do you think we're going to land? Are we going to be nine for nine? Weeks ago, I would have said we wouldn't have been, but I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, nothing – Nothing we've said has really made us, at least in my mind, go, ah, I didn't think about that, um, you know, or anything like that. So uh, Omega Hangman Page for the world title. Uh, this has been one of the better long-term stories AEW has told in its history, frankly. Maybe the best long-term story they've told in their history, to be perfectly frank. Um, I, Hangman Page wins the belt. That's, that's my call. I think it's time for Omega to drop the belt. Um, to the point that I was half tempted, and again, we keep talking about our fantasy wrestling league. I was half tempted to drop Kenny Omega this week 
to avoid because I need the points. I'm in the hunt. I need points. And I wanted to avoid the title loss points. And I don't think if Omega loses the belt, I don't think he's going to wrestle that many times between now and the end of the year that it would be a huge loss to my team that I would, you know, lose all these points. Because again, title points are king in that league. Um, and if he loses the belt, he becomes less valuable than he is right now as champion. Um, anyways, fantasy wrestling league aside, I'm not dropping him. I'm going to go ahead and eat the title loss points if I need to. Um, because it just, I, I don't want to be wrong on that. And then he keeps the belt and somebody else picks him up and I lose the whole league because I'm an idiot. Um, so, so I'm not doing that. But I thought about it because I do think Hangman Page wins the belt here. They've stopped and started so many times on Page. They've told the story so many times. I just think if you have him lose again here, that at some point you're going to, there's a law of diminishing return on that. So I, I think it's time for him to win the belt. I think the way they ended Dynamite, Wrestling 101 says if the whoever gets laid out the show before, and I know they still have Rampage. Um, I don't think they've announced anything with Omega Page, so I'm kind of not expecting to see them on, on Rampage, other than probably a video package. And then they'll, of course, have the, uh, the preview show or the road to or whatever it is, um, show that they're going to do right after Rampage, that they'll, they'll focus on Omega and Page there, I'm sure. I'm going page. Um, and I think this will be a 30 plus minute match. Great match back and forth. Uh, again, I see interference coming in this match, but I see uh, the dark order as well. Fending off some of that interference, hopefully fending off all of it. Um, and I think hangman page ends full gear as your new AEW world champion. The story seems to say that's the right way to go. It really does. And the argument that I would make is if we don't go there, then what comes next for Hangman Adam Page? Just because I don't know what that answer is doesn't mean I don't think that that's not what happens. I'm sticking with Kenny Omega to retain the title. So we do have a difference. Here we are at the last 11th hour, 10th, 10th pick. Uh, we, have, we have a difference. Again, this, I don't think that my opinion would change whether I, I picked Daniel Bryan, ah, Bryan Danielson to win the title tournament, title eliminator tournament or not, because I think Bryan Danielson versus Omega will happen again, whether titles on the line or not. I think Bryan Danielson, Hangman Page would be amazing. Uh, if you really wanted to boost the Hangman, having him win here and then having him give Bryan Danielson his first loss would really cement his his path to building a strong title reign should that happen. I think there's more at play with the, the super click. And I think they're going to be a factor in the outcome here. And I th think whether that, whether it's a good move or not, I think AEW's long-term story with this journey for hangman, Adam page is bigger than just where we are now. They, they've said, they've given us, they they did a great job on Wednesday telling us about this last year and, and the journey that Paige has been on. So all signs would think that the title is his for the taking on Saturday. I just don't think you can, I don't, I don't think I'm ready to put my wagon uh, to that hitch yet. So Kenny Omega is my pick. There was a, uh, there was a, a, Somebody on Twitter, he's a younger guy, I guess. Um, Annette is shocked 
she put a shocked face, which I assume has to be for, it was only a minute ago, so it has to be for your pick, um, Tom. There's a shocked emotion um, going on. Uh, there was a guy on Twitter who posted that he knew he was going to get roasted for it, but he thinks Paige should win and then have an open challenger, you know, who's tough enough to come challenge me. Next week they're in his hometown, I think, um, in Paige's hometown, and that he should uh, do an open challenge and MJF should come out and win the title. Um, a lot of people said that's a completely terrible, stupid idea. Annette did confirm, yes, she is shocked at your pick, Tom. Um, but uh, a lot of people said that's a stupid idea. Uh, my Fantasy Wrestling League side says do that because I have MJF too. But um, I, yeah, I think you got to give Paige a little run with the belt. Although I don't think if Paige wins the title, I don't think Paige has to be a year-long champion, which you know Omega's been almost a year um, as champ. I don't think he has to be a long-term because I think Paige is... I, maybe I've made this um, comparison here on the show before. I don't remember. I think he's a little bit like Homicide and Ring of Honor. The money's in the chase. Um, once he wins the title, I don't know if Paige has to be a long-term champion. Maybe. We'll see. But I, I think the money's in the chase with him. So once he wins it, I, I'm okay if it's three or four or five months down the road, he drops it to, to, to an MJF or back to Omega or to Adam Cole or to Brian Danielson or... They got a lot of options at the top of that card that could hold that title. They do. And, and you know, I'm glad you bring up that they are in Virginia next week. That would be another great way to say, hey, they foreshadowed he's going to have a hometown title celebration. But, again, are these all red herrings or not? We're going to find out. We're going to find out here soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so there we are. We have 10 matches in the can and one difference. So – uh, we will have a leader going into the next show. Uh, the next show will be the Survivor Series in just a week, actually. Um, I had so, those double double thumbs, sarcastic double thumbs. For sarcastic double thumbs. They've they've announced uh, four big matches so far already for the Survivor Series. Uh, we assume we're going to get the Intercontinental Champion and U.S. Champion in a match as well, um, and probably the Tag Champs meeting up as well. Uh, which I have to say the Usos versus Rated RKO is intriguing. It, that's at least a match that I'm like, I don't feel like I've seen that a hundred times. Um, Shinsuke and Damian Priest could be good. Um, although Shinsuke could be, I don't know if it's a world title match, but a tribute for the troops this Sunday, Shinsuke Nakamura, Roman Reigns, one-on-one. -on -one. That actually should excite me a whole lot more than it does. Um, but uh yeah, survivors. So next week we'll be back with not only our recap of Full Gear and and takeaways from Full Gear, but also our our head to head picks for Survivor Series. Uh, which, depending on what they do, like I said, there's four announced matches. I would assume those other two will be announced shortly. Um, so maybe six matches, um, unless they add a couple of other things. Uh, so some some things to do there, and I, I think that'll be dart throws on a couple of them because those title. Uh, I'm sorry, not title versus title. Champion versus champion matches can be tough because who do you want to protect? And then the elimination matches are really crapshoots as well uh, at Survivor Series. So when they're not really built off of feuds because they're brand versus brand, which I hate, but we'll talk about more next week. Um, brand supremacy for a brand you've been on for three weeks. Why do you care? Um, yeah, anyways. But that's Survivor Series. Let's not end on that note. Let's end on the AEW note and say... If you're going to watch the show this weekend, enjoy it. I can't imagine that you could watch this show and not enjoy it. If somebody does, I'll be stunned. 
or if or if many people do, there'll be somebody because there's just always somebody that wants to be that guy. And look, if you don't like AEW, don't spend 50 bucks. Like, don't do it. I, okay, that's fine. Um, but if you want to be entertained by pro wrestling, I think there are worse ways you could spend $50. Um, even with that steep price tag, um, I will not, as I said, see the show live. I don't know when I'm going to see it. Um, I am in the midst of my craziest, crazy busiest couple of weeks um, of trivia in some time. So uh, that has eaten up a lot of my time along with um, my main job and uh, and some other personal stuff going on. So uh, it's been a little crazy, a little busy, but uh, I'm looking forward to at least reading the results Saturday night because I'm going to because I'm, I'm not going to be able to wait. Um, and I also know it's going to be a while. So I'm looking forward to reading the results and then getting back to catching up on it as soon as I can. And Tom, I'm looking forward next week to uh, our takeaways from this and uh, what I'm sure will be the return of Krabby Jim for the Survivor Series head-to-head. Um, Annette says Krabby Jim and Mellow Tom is her favorite uh, combination. I don't know if it'll be Mellow Tom next week, but uh, it, the Survivor Series will probably bring out Krabby Jim. So, <laughs> but uh, If there was not a reason to tune back in, now you have it. That's right. Now we've given you the tease. Krabby Jim might be back next Friday. Uh, we will be back next week, though, with those picks. Thanks for sticking with us on one of our longer episodes in a little bit. Uh, an hour 36 we went, but uh, a lot of matches to pick. So everybody have a great day. Be safe. And uh, we will see you and talk to you next week. Take care. <laughs>